Okay. Mm. <laughs> That's not gonna work. Oh, no, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, there he is. Oh. There he is. Look at that stash. Nice strong mustache. I can't get away with that. A little shorter than I thought. He gets haircuts? He gets a cut. Who cuts his hair? Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is our reaction to The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 7, Chapter 15. The Believer. You guys, Eric is like doing so much right now you guys saw the star wars news and the marvel news and oh uh, god there's like there's news i haven't even told him about yet because he, he will quit on the spot so i'm filling it uh i'm phil melina filling in i can't even i don't even know my own damn name <laughs> i'm sorry i know that you guys want eric but let the boy play let the boys play this is WikiLeaks, our mandalorian after show brought to you by our good friends at manscape which i do every week with their products and again i'm phil melina and this is tommy bechtold yes let them play let them play let them play god i need a manscape i'm looking over here i got some action over here i don't love i've got some action over here i've got wizard brows coming out i need a manscape i need a planscape <laughs> i need to escape from whatever hell i'm in right now that is not allowing me to groom myself we'll get into uh some manscaping that was revealed on this episode of the mandalorian by the way uh later in the episode when we go real deep into he took off his helmet mm -hmm. and what we think about that that'll be uh near the end of the episode but a quick reminder to get your limited edition this is the way shirt exclusive from the new rockstars official merch store newrockstarsmerch.com guys finally we are down to the last two 200 shirts we kind of we sold a lot of these shirts but again because it's a limited edition we're gonna kill it <laughs> even though we're like people seem to, to enjoy the shirt mm -hmm. so it's either gonna sell out first or on december 20th boom it's gone forever limited edition uh latest obsession number one can no longer be gotten so if you're trying to do the collectibles where you know number two is coming up soon after hint hint it's a marvel shirt then you need to get <laughs> number one right now also by the way just throwing out there the little baby grogu shirt it's your last chance to grab that one too that one as soon as it sells out we won't be reordering because it scares us to be selling that shirt at all yes my this is the way shirt <laughs> arrived in the mail this week but since my mom bought it for me as a Christmas present she won't let me have it until Christmas so I was planning on wearing it today but she's taking a hard line so you're just gonna have to tell me and she didn't even order me a shout out <laughs> speaking of shout outs uh, you can add a shout out whenever you order a latest obsession shirt it's an extra uh, 299 I'm gonna read from some shout outs but as I'm pulling the shout outs up I'm gonna call out that Tommy we would have given you a shirt for free I was happy to support no you weren't your mom did it well you know I made her support it was a it was uh what, what do you call a symbiotic relationship she gave me life and i have given her massive debt um this is the way yes uh okay so quick little shout outs here that are, are fun i'm gonna point out some we've got happy birthday to swapnika um and also oh this is nice uh gerald reynolds the third one good thing to come out of this year is the binge time with his sons toby and gabe that Aww. is really nice i've yeah. so much stuff and mm -hmm. i started doing this crazy thing where i started noting every single show i've ever seen mm -hmm. i've seen over 300 television shows Ooh. uh and like half of that's been in quarantine yeah those are some good stats I, now i want to do that i think mine would just make me sad yeah it's, no it's, it's a crazy waste of time that mine is all coach and murphy it's Brown. all coke <laughs> coke mine's all coked up oh. <laughs> 
It's a lot of South Park at 4 so I can't really remember. I binged 1,000 hours in 28 days. Yeah. Also, happy birthday to Douglas Andrew. Uh, I, I don't know the baseball player's name, so it's pronounced like the baseball player, but I don't, don't know how to say it. Wyatt Hodges, a shout out. Congrats to uh, Anisha and Anton on your engagement from Zach. Real quick, there's what I got to call out here because she has the best name. I love this message from uh, to John Tan, um, uh, but it's thanks for sharing your love uh, of Star Wars Mandalorian with us. But it's from Zara Tan, mm. who sounds like the most Star Warsy character. Yeah, yes, ever. Zara Tan. I served under her in the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember she. Uh, her, she's guilty of many war crimes. Zara Tan. Uh, if Zara, I think Zara Tan is, is a mom out there, but mm. doesn't mean she can't be guilty of war crimes. No. Uh, and then finally, Moist Coitus. This is the way. Uh, Moth Coitus is also uh, a, <laughs> Grand Moth Coitus oh is my a, God. a <laughs> terrible criminal. Grand Moth Coitus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yikes. Much better than Grandma's coitus. We will now show you the power of a fully <laughs> operational moist coitus. Ugh. Moist, one of the worst words in the English language. Yes. Tommy. Yeah? It's time we get a recap of this episode. What We're happened? We're recapping. That's the, that's the jingle. I just came up for it. We're <laughs> recapping. Uh, Don't love it. It's, it's a work in progress. We'll workshop it. Uh, this may be the most morally confusing episode of The Mandalorian. I'm not sure that we were the good guys or rooting for the good guys at any point. We'll get into that. Cara Dune remands yeah. the Mandalorian's old enemy, Migs Mayfield, played by my close personal friend, Bill Burr, into her custody to acquire the coordinates. Won't of take your calls. No, doesn't. Calls. Has no idea who I am. Uh, coordinate to Moff Gideon's ship. Mayfield directs <laughs> them to a hidden Imperial Rhydonium refinery on Morak, which we were told was an empty wasteland. No, 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 my friend. The Empire has a secret little shack up in there. QAnon was right. Yes, right. When they arrive, uh, the Mandalorian elects to accompany Mayfield into the refinery in order to access a terminal and steal the coordinates, as all the others are known to Imperial security. Kind of a funny, like, I can't go moment in the show where they were all like, I can't go for this reason. I can't go for this reason. And then uh, Mando is like, well, no one knows who I am because I never take my helmet off. So Mayfield and the Mandalorian hijack an Imperial transport, disguise themselves as soldiers. They barely survive attacks by pirates who detonate highly explosive Rhydonium shipments. And uh, they're able to just barely get out alive. When for the first time in my life, I uttered the phrase, wow, thank God the TIE fighters showed up. Which was, again, a confusing moment. And they get to the facility and they find the main terminal. Mayfield sees his former commanding officer, Valen Hess, a great Star Wars name, and fears being recognized. Ooh, could you imagine if they kept showing that guy's face and like, mm, yeah. mm, and they just never acknowledge it. And they're like, that guy's <laughs> weird that extra like, really like, formed an opinion he gave he was he was looking at him like he was a steak he was like lying him up and down the editors are like we're trying to edit around it but this guy is in every shot He's so yeah. expressive is that grand moist coitus we haven't seen him since elderon erupted in a shattering <laughs> orgasm since orgeron collided with alderon uh orgitron is a robot that i built uh, <laughs> so so the mandalorian says i got this he goes in to the terminal, but oh no, the terminal requires a facial scan. Well, that is the way. He lifts off the helmet, shows us that beautiful, beautiful face we've been waiting a year to see. Because you can't Google Pedro Pascal. You can't. It's cheating. Well, you can't Google the guy who actually plays the role. 
Yes. It's not John Wayne's grandson, uh, grandson who actually is in the suit. Uh, that's a true fact. That's a true fact. That's a true fact, I told you. I didn't just make up a weird thing. Uh, he's confronted by Hess. And is, I kind of enjoyed, like, a stammering Mando. Like, he was like, I don't really know how to answer these questions, so I'm just going to kind of figure <laughs> out which one of my cool weapons to use. But he doesn't have a suit, so. The truth is, Pedro Pascal has never recorded a scene for the show in his life. He did not know he was in a Star Wars show. <laughs> they drop him in. That's a true fact. They're uh, just He's just like, all right, and do I say, is my name Mando? Yeah. Or, or Din? My baby was Groot? it Din or Pedro? Did my baby Yoda. Yeah, and then I so don't... Bill Burr's like, I got He's this. Like, I look at him, brown you. eyes. I'm coming in. It's hot out here. <laughs> they cut out all the times he kept saying, like, I'm like CGI, though, right? Like, they're not going to, like, see me. <laughs> Just as long as they don't see this face. Yeah. Okay, so uh, he's confronted by Hess. <laughs> Mayfield intervenes in kind of one of the more enjoyable uh, scenes I saw. And then Hess says, let's get a drink, boys. So they have a tense drink where Hess basically insinuates that not only does he not know who Mayfield is, but he doesn't know who any of the soldiers under him are. They're just bodies and a means to an end for him. They reminisce about Operation Cinder, which sends uh, Mayfield into such a rage that he shoots Hess dead, uh, creating one of those great insurmountable Star Wars moments where it's like two versus 2,000. Luckily, the 2,000 can't shoot so it doesn't ever matter they are wearing the helmets that's true where if you've ever seen their their visor line yeah it's like right here it's not conducive for for marksmanship what, could you imagine uh if they like take off their helmets and every stormtrooper's eyes are like over here <laughs> they're just like they're like amphibious like hammerhead just, people they, they do those weird <laughs> yeah. sideways blinks from men in black okay so mayfeld mm. and mandalorian they have to fight their way out we get introduced to what i'm going to dub the wilhelm whale it's like a Wilhelm scream, but like two stormtroopers fall and they go, ah! It was much more of a wail than a scream. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. And uh, they're, they're also, they get a nice assist from Fennec <laughs> and Cara Dune who are shooting from up in the hill. Uh, and then of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Boba Fett comes in to drop another two for one uh, grenade kill on two TIE fighters, which was truly another incredible segment. What a time. It only took 40 years, but we now are finally getting to see Boba Fett traversing the galaxy in the Slave cool. 1 being a complete badass. So as I said, Fett obliterates them. Dune and, and Mando kind of agree to let Mayfeld go as a thank you for all of his help. And uh, Mandalorian then sends Moff Gideon uh, what I like to call a cover song. He covers Moff Gideon's hit from the first season, basically reiterating yeah. the message from Moff about how he means more to him than you'll ever know. And he vows to rescue young Grogu, which, of course, I will still only refer to as Baby Yo-Yo from this point on. And then the credits roll. God, beautiful. You know, you, you just reminded me this moment with Boba Fett. It was very cool. But also, one of my favorite moments of Boba Fett was just that subtle thing where he's like, uh, yeah, they might recognize me. And he doesn't mean like because I'm Boba Fett, he means there was a time when every single person in the Empire that was under these helmets looked exactly yeah. like me. Right. Like, literally, like, every right. every single right. one, if anyone. Yes. It's like, holy shit, that's the guy we're all based on. Wait a At second. At one point, not now, but <laughs> yeah. still. Could you imagine there's, like, this, like, uh, war, war remor memorial wall where it's just, like, all the great generals from the Stormtrooper days and they all look exactly like his father? Yeah. <laughs> Employee of the month. For like 25 straight years, it's just like him going up there. That's great. Someone should mean But they're that. all different ones. Yes. Yeah. Great episode. A lot of great moments in it. Uh, again, I think the thing that was the most jarring for me, though, was at the end of that great pirate chase scene when the TIE fighters show up and you're like, whew! And then you realize like, oh, 
I've been conditioned to be afraid of everything I'm seeing right now. You're and they for the wrong guy. And they even changed the music. It was still very like imperial, but it was much more like heroically imperial. Like it was still like those like bass line, bass drum, yeah, beats. like pomp and circumstance, kind right? Of but like, it was much yeah. more like this is the good guys now <laughs> as they're all celebrating. It was a bizarre, bizarre moment for me. Yeah, my favorite thing. So the guy who directed this also wrote it, and he's written um, a couple of, of feature films that are uh, like complicated about like diverse backgrounds and mm-hmm. and you know what it means to be who you are and, and part of a larger group. Um, so he definitely is bringing those themes in there. And I think that uh, one of the best things a writer can do, and it's so rare that they they do this, but it's that whatever the characters are experiencing on screen, you try to find a way to make your the viewer feel literally the same feelings. So mm-hmm. they literally are empathizing in that moment with the character because they feel it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you're going through in that moment where you're feeling like... Thank God for TIE Fighters. Yeah. And that's not a thing that we should ever feel. No. But that's what the characters are also going through. And it's such a complicated question. Yeah. But uh, overall, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that you you uh, you keep, you're going to stick with this show. What? I'm giving it one more you're episode. Like, I'm giving it 17 episodes. <laughs> Uh, Tommy, I want to get into, uh, uh, some people were, I just was looking to see what people were saying about this episode, and some people were saying that it actually, uh, was like a bit of a filler episode, Mm. and I want to get into the deeper meaning of this episode, Mm -hmm. because to me this was, in some ways, maybe a filler episode for the plot of The Mandalorian, but in some ways it was kind of like the most important story ever told in Star Wars. Mm. Yes, let's get into it, baby, because I don't disagree with you. Okay, you need to snort your Adderall real quick? (laughs) It's already in there. I keep it preloaded. It's like a double-barrel shotgun. It's already in there. If it's good enough for the president. All right. (laughs) So... I'm talking about Joe Biden. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm Remember when when Trump accused uh, Biden of like he's like he did really good in that debate only because he clearly like you know did Adderall or something. Yeah. It's like, man, are you guilty of looking like every time it's something every... that is so specific to you? Yeah. I don't know if Biden's hair is real. I got to be honest. I suspect that his hair is uh, is manufactured <laughs> in a lab. Yeah, it has issues. Also, I think he might be rich. <laughs> he also accused him of golfing um, too much, which was a truly an incredible moment. Uh, let's, yeah. This is all. This is the deeper yeah. meaning. <laughs> real, real, real quick, I'll say I have nothing against Adderall. I very much need it. I have a prescription that I am very happy mm. about uh, because it means I can do all of these things. Yeah. Speaking of doing uh, things I do on Adderall mm. is looking too intensely into Star Wars. Okay, so let's get into it. The yes. episode was called The Believer. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, it's trying to contrast the role of the believer with the role of the zealot, mm. um, which, you know, religious zealots or, or even like political zealots or whatever. It's people that uh, believe uh, wholeheartedly without consideration of context and mm. perspective um, and paradigm. So this the concept of a believer is is pre like before the the level of zealot where maybe you it's you do have strong beliefs but you're still willing to question them Mm. and i think that's what this episode is really trying to get everyone to do is question their beliefs so then this is happening again because the director was the same person as the writer um and is, is going for a lot of like metaphor here 
it's happening in very literal ways and it's happening in kind of subtextual ways, but it's all about the shades of gray. Mm. And I think there's a reason why our heroes were wearing gray trooper armor for the whole episode because it really wanted to call out like, no, we're not going to put them in, in the traditional white. We're not going to put them in like, you know, death trooper stuff or whatever. We It's just a subtle way. And, and it, people a lot of times think I'm bullshitting about Star Wars colors, but Star Wars is the most color-based thing ever in mm. archetypes. Every lightsaber has a color meaning. It's the Jedi being mm. shades of brown, it all is color based. Mm. Um, but so it's about that, right? The shades of gray. It's about the concept of hiding behind armor in general. Mm. And it's about the concept of anon- anonymity associated with that. Mm. So like I was saying, some people saw this episode very much as a side mission, um, which a lot of the episodes of Mandalorian can feel like. Uh, but what I was saying earlier is I think this was like a thesis level response to one of the most famous questions ever posed against the star wars universe Mm. are we sure we are the good guys right right probably most famous uh in in kevin smith's clerks he they're talking about the destruction of the second death star Mm. which is like you know still underway uh and his character points out wouldn't there have been thousands of independent contractors Mm. on an unfinished battle station Mm. aren't those innocent victims of left-wing militants Mm -hmm. i i remember when that question was first posed in clerks i was pretty young but that blew my mind uh i was like oh yeah of course you start crying yeah you're like oh right there was a guy that was putting in windows and like you know it's like the glass guy on the death star that like was (laughs) like honey i got the i got the contract for the death star we can retire after this and then he's up there he's up there in a million pieces the old couple from the beginning of up (laughs) that's why she died a broken heart he's a ghost A force yeah. goes. So this episode was exploring that question from the outset of the episode, like right away at the beginning. Even when Cara Dune um, starts the episode, she's not defying the Empire when she's breaking Mayfield out. She's defying the New Republic. Right. And they're teaming with a criminal, and yet we're on the side of good, right? Yeah. But really, the, the themes of the episode become really clear when, uh, like Tommy described that moment, when Mando has to wear the helmet of a stormtrooper, that is about as close to being walk a mile in another man's shoes as, as you could ever get. Mm-hmm. It's literally another guy's helmet. Mayfield actually calling out uh, the, the guy's like wet gloves <laughs> was really hilarious and gross to yeah. picture. And like you could just like hear it almost like... Yeah. <laughs> but it's actually to call out the humanity inside of that armor right that it's reminding you these are real people that sweat and bleed and believe in things Mm -hmm. inside of those suits but sticking with the helmet for a sec so that is the most literal metaphor for what this entire show the mandalorian is getting to and it's is it possible for this cowboy bounty hunter to be on the side of good and that's really a frequent question in a lot of westerns in general and this show's really inspired by a lot of westerns so let's talk really quick about helmets in star wars they have always represented anonymity and unquestioned faith Mm. like being a believer and probably the best examples of that are are one the the white stormtrooper helmet with completely empty eyes that's meant to be the image of an anonymous anonymous foot soldier uh literally they don't have names and they make them all identical in this way that removes removes uh, any sense of identity um then you have like uh luke 
who's being challenged to give into his faith fully by Obi-Wan. So Obi asks him to lower the blast shield mm. on his helmet, literally blind himself. Don't worry about what your eyes are telling you. Just believe, which is some total brainwash bullshit. Completely agree. I mean, that's like when you took me to the batting cages and made me put my sweatband over my eyes. And you said, just stand in the center of the cage and believe in yourself. And Right, and then I beat you with a bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, into submission. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and now I work here. Uh, and then the third biggest example of that that helmet helmet idea is also Darth Vader, clear and you know, and it's all black, easily the archetype, uh, the most clear archetype of a bad guy ever. Mm. But finally, finally, when he returns to the side of good, it's the only time we ever see him in the original trilogy remove his helmet. Right. You know, we actually get to see his face and his humanity is is restored. Uh, so this show and this question is asking, who are you underneath the helmet behind the armor? That's why there's so much focus on the armor on this show. And while Mayfield does a good job of equating Mando's armor to Stormtrooper armor, there is a hint that Mando's blind faith is actually a little more solid uh, than the Stormtrooper one when we see in that fight with the pirates uh, and the, the Imperial armor like falls apart so easily. Mm -hmm. uh, but famously, we know Beskar would never uh, have any issues there. Right. So it's it's a more solid faith um, and that's being equated with the armor. But that also does not mean that Mando is more morally correct. Right. It just means that you actually have to assess him by his actions more than by his edict. Mm -hmm. I've found... Uh... A lot of that compelling in this episode that Bill Burr played such a, what's the right word for this, devil's advocate almost of like, I understand that you think it's this, right. but don't you see how Absolutely. we're not that different from each other? Like that whole speech was like, you think that because you wear this armor and this helmet and have this code that you're this superior being to me. But in actuality... Our impulses and our and our, and our and our desires are not that differently aligned. Yeah, in in the simplest way, we can say, don't judge a book by its helmet, right? <laughs> and so there is a way to to properly judge it, though, right? The right way to do it, if you are fully anonymous, then then how do you judge it? And mm. it's also it's the classic invisible man question, right? Mm. If you could get away with anything anonymously, what would you do? Tommy, what would you do if you were an invisible man? Oh, man. How do I answer this without having people on Twitter call me a creep? I would just sit in Barnes & Noble and read <laughs> just all... Just don't be a creep! I would read all the books. I would just read books and never pay for books. That would be my one vice. So I'd never buy a book again. Only you would know that you're fully nude in Barnes & Noble Oh, again. yeah. I would never wear uh, clothes. I mean, I'm already <laughs> to the point where I won't put on anything that requires buttons or zippers. But I, I could go the next level and just never wear clothes again. <laughs> yeah, except for uh, that gimp mask I got you. Yeah. Uh, we had to do a... Uh like shoe, shoelace string on the front instead <laughs> yeah you had to reinforce that because i was uh, so persistent <laughs> yeah um but or another way to think of it actually that is maybe a little bit easier to perceive rather than the invisible man theory because that's kind of like the silly alternate reality mm. but what about you viewer and you tommy and me philip what kind of internet commenter are you right mm. do you hide behind the an anonymity of the internet and say things that you would never dream of saying mm. if they were tied to your actual name mm. or Maybe you're the kind that I don't need credit for when I say good things, and I just want to add positivity. Right. Both of those are extremely possible on the full spectrum of that. Sure. My preferred commenting is something really, really mean, and then as soon as the person responds, I say, uh, actually, I'm just a really big fan of yours. And I was just kidding. Your attention. It was all a big joke. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean the things that I said that caused you to respond to me my bad I'll, I'll give you a quick note that um i i handle our, our merch customer service or a lot of it 
uh, and people's incoming uh, messages are a lot meaner than when they're like, oh, uh, you're actually seeing this. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm sorry I was so mean to a, a stranger. But it's like right. the, the other person we had at one point helping with customer service was this 55-year-old woman yeah. who was just like – like a mom, and she was like, "Oh God!" Also, be and, nice to everybody. Is one of that. Not, but, okay, not to not to dive too deep into customer service, but we're conditioned to be like you have to be kind of blunt with customer service for these bigger corporations to have them do anything to help you. Like if you call Delta Airlines right. and are like super nice totally. to them, they will get you off the phone with no resolution in ten minutes. But if you call Delta Airlines and swear at yeah. them and say, "I'm not." This is unacceptable. I'm going to like lose my mind. Then you have a chance of them helping you, which is so screwed up and f***ed up of our society that we don't reward, you right. know, kindness and empathy. Yeah. When I call any major corporate airline, I keep hitting zero and say, yes. speak to a human, speak yes. to a human, yeah. whatever. But yeah. even if it is a human, yeah. until I'm like, and they're like, I am a human. And I'm like, no, you're beneath. Yeah. Send, uh, I, I mean, a manager. Send me a That's blood sample. I need you to expedite me a blood sample. I'll stay on the line. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, really? If you're a human, which one of these is full of motorcycle pictures, huh? And they're like, this isn't a visual phone call. And I'm like, sounds like a bot. Click on uh, the chimney, you so, okay. bastard. Uh, there is a... <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I would like that refund. Yeah. Um, so, and, and speaking of this idea of face identity and, and really being true to assessing ourselves, uh, that's a big reason of why I made it so that on, on New Rockstars... We would be the channel that wouldn't be afraid to put our faces on camera. A lot of people that cover what we cover uh, never show their face on camera. And I was like, no, we're definitely going to show it because, one, I am very, very vain. Mm -hmm. But, two, aside <laughs> from that, we put our faces to our words and be, and we write our scripts because we are the ones saying it. And we're saying, yes, this is us. Mm -hmm. We are not always right, but we are pretty much always honest and authentic to what we believe. Mm -hmm. And we're going to sign that with our big, ugly faces. And so, the brilliant writing moment in the episode is uh, when Mando has to freaking take off his helmet yeah. for the greater good. And I call it brilliant because they tied. Remember I was talking about trying to bring things and make them happen kind of at the same time. They tied the breaking of the most significant rule that we know that Mando lives by to the literal metaphor for unmasking yourself and revealing who you really are. Like right. they, That's just great yes. writing. Uh, but now, something worth noting. There is a big distinction between the troopers that we see around who aren't taking their helmets on and off, other than literally just Mayfield and Mando are the only ones we see kind of actually do that, mm -hmm. and the Imperial officers. Those are the ones we do see their faces, right? Mm -hmm. It's one of the most obvious connections in cinema that the Empire is based on the Nazis, and the Imperial officers are modeled after Hitler's SS officers. Mm. But I'm going to argue that this episode actually is not making that case. I think it's saying the Empire is America. Oh, and why is that? Note, okay, there's a couple of like little clues for that. Well, I, it was like kind of what you were talking about, how it made you feel, and some it's because these little tricks that were being done. For instance, all the saluting that was going on, mm -hmm. we we almost never see that kind of saluting on in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and if we did, maybe it would have been more like the Nazi style salutes. You mm -hmm. know, we we famously saw that was in, in Force Awakens, where it it basically is Nazi style saluting. Mm -hmm. This was like a traditional American style military salute. Also, exactly that Tie Fighter moment. They come in and it feels like freaking Top Gun, mm -hmm. or like the the guy the planes coming in to save uh, the day at the end of saving private ryan mm -hmm. uh and 
probably the most obvious connection that I saw that was, I think is definitely on purpose, was when Valum Hess says, everybody thinks they want freedom, but what they really want is order. And when they realize that, they're going to welcome us back with open arms. Mm. They're going to welcome us back with open arms. Yeah. That's almost exactly what Dick Cheney said yeah. leading up to the Iraq War. Yep. We will, in fact, be greeted as liberators. Mm -hmm. How did that turn out, by the way? Uh, not great. Not great. <laughs> no, well... You made a lot of money, but for yeah. most people, my uh, my good. independent contracting company, uh, Bechtech, we're still in there installing uh, dirt, yeah. what we call dirty wells. <laughs> you you took down Saddam's palace, uh, <laughs> yeah. replaced it with just one terrible well. Yeah. Uh, but okay, even even uh, just keeping the connections there alive to to American military history, even when Mayfield is going on his rant there and he's reminiscing about Operation Cinder, that's not based on you know like uh, the famous example of a nazi soldier doing that that's coming from the idea of like a traumatized vietnam yeah, vet questioning yeah. why he even was sent to war in the first place mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm not saying that the empire um has always like actually been based on america is definitely the nazis yeah but this episode is arguing that it's kind of organized military force in general mm -hmm. could be the empire yeah and so it's important for the believers to question their beliefs like mando is now questioning like mayfield has previously questioned right in his history when you're following other people's orders how do you know if you are the liberators or the persecutors how do we know we're the good guys right and again that is the most classic star wars questions are the rebels actually terrorists and this episode finally gave us the answer to that question finally I don't, I don't have that answer, Philip. What are you trying to give me to commit to? That, that the rebels are terrorists? Maybe. That's what the question of the episode is, right? But it all comes down to that scene where they're having drinks. Yeah. And if you replay that scene, that is someone officially answering first Star Wars, yeah. the are rebels terrorists? Yeah. And here's how it goes. Based on the conversation over drinks with Valen Hess, we can examine what is meant by saying uh, something is an act of terrorism. Mm. All terrorists kill innocent people. Yes. But not all who kill innocent people are terrorists. Right. The difference lies in the intention of the person doing the killing. Mm. If the death of an innocent person was the goal or the means by which you, you are trying to accomplish your goal, then you are a terrorist. If the death of innocent people was unintended then you're not, even though your actions could still be morally wrong, it doesn't mean you're a terrorist. So Valen Hess describes the next steps of the Empire with literal glee yeah. about the destruction and chaos that they're going to bring. Yeah. And how does that differ from when Kevin Smith brings up the idea of the rebel attack on the Death Star 2? You can use the history of the first Death Star, the first battle station to go by. The rebels can be confident that an unmolested death star 2 is going to go on a genocidal killing spree and right, destroy right. dozens of planets so the right. rebel attack in that situation therefore is saving billions of lives and is therefore an appropriate and proportionate response so yeah. anyone who's ever been worried about this little little baby tommy back in in the sixth grade yeah. you can breathe easily because they are saying yes the rebels are the good guys they're the good guys just we ourselves yeah. might not be yeah we got to question everything i'm definitely a bad i'm a bad good guy yeah and and but uh, you you mentioned bill burr earlier and, and i think you're right like that dude's main thing in all his comedy is like we are all hypocrites yeah so 
Tommy, that's my argument for why this is this was not a BS episode. That this no. was actually a huge statement inside of Star Wars. I don't, I don't, I didn't take this as a BS episode to get. I understand why on the surface it's like, well, they didn't get any closer plot wise. It didn't make a, a leaps and bounds with every second, which we've had the last few episodes have been like every two minutes another plot point uncovered, every two minutes another X on the map on our on our destiny right. to get to the end of the quest. This one was more like. Here is a bunch of information and emotion about the world of these characters and how they live and how, like, what they really are about and what they really stand for. And it more clearly defines the good versus evil. And that definition is very complicated. Yes, absolutely. Not, right. What are you wearing? Well, it's not just green lightsaber versus red lightsaber. By the way, what are you wearing? I am wearing Buffalo Bills clothes. <laughs> ah, this is the way. The free advertising you give to a billion dollar <laughs> to a massive uh, corporation, sports organization. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, speaking of, uh, get your shirts. Yeah, we're we're all billionaires. My new Rockstar stock is up like nine thousand uh, points today. Speaking of us helping corporations, uh, because they help us back, yes. Tommy. We got to give it up to Helix Sleep. Ooh, baby, do I love Helix. Tommy, you legitimately sleep on a Helix mattress. That's right. Me and myself and I, every night, sleep on a Helix mattress. Ooh, threesome. It's a threesome every night with me. That's what they say. I'm eating for three. Sleep can be hard enough when you're staying up way past midnight to watch the latest Mandalorian episode the second it drops. And you don't need to make it harder by sleeping on a saggy old mattress. Don't go to Sears and buy a mattress. That's what your grandparents did, and they're probably racist. <laughs> Helix Sleep has a two-minute quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. With Helix, you get a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. How do you sleep, Tommy? I sleep rolling around, flailing wildly, screaming into the night like a banshee, which, as we all know, is a ghost of Scott. Operation origin. Cinder! <laughs> Kellen Voss! Yeah. Eric Voss. Uh, <laughs> yes, they have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot or if you're sleeping with another person, I guess. Like uh, two sticks rubbing together. Gross. I can't sleep next to anyone. I prefer uh, plexiglass like a, like a debate. Uh, just a plexiglass shield that comes down. Yeah. And there's even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. Yes, sir. I don't have a Helix Plus Someone dropped the ball there. I'm sleeping on a Helix Minus. Off-screen <laughs> producer Zach recently took the quiz and failed miserably. He got an F. No, just kidding. Off-screen producer Zach recently took the quiz and got mashed with the Helix Midnight, which is the sexiest named Helix. Perfect for a side sleeper in need of some pressure point relief. Pew, 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 relief. And have you seen Zach sleep? I do. And he's a hell of a side sleeper. Oh, my God. I would sleep next to that side any day. When you order the mattress that best fits for you, that you're matched to, they ship it right to your door, just like Santa Claus, for free. The unboxing videos are pretty great, too. Thanks to the viewers that have tagged us in those. I love watching a mattress spring to life like a Cabbage Patch doll, rolling forward, unfurling itself, saying, lay on me, lay on me. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Pretty good sources, if you ask me. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Mandalorian. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a custom mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. I took the sleep quiz. I got a 700 math, an 800 oral. Oh, God. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights <laughs> risk-free. 
They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. This isn't a rescue dog that bites your nephew, okay? It's a mattress that's comfortable. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Those are pillows. For our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Mandalorian. You know, uh, uh, Eric got some of those free pillows recently, uh, but he doesn't know that I got them first, and so I tried them out, and they were amazing, and then I gave it to him. You know what else I tried out before I gave to him? Manscaped! Oh! A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, men actually shaved their balls with the same razor as their face, Uh, and actually, that wasn't that long ago. I wish it was just in college, but I mean, like, uh... It's my early 30s. Fairly recently. Not anymore, thanks to our of course at manscaped they're the best in men's below the waist grooming from the toes to the hose holes uh manscaped is here to help you keep your nether regions as clean as boba fett's beautiful bald head which is maybe equally scarred uh but actually with manscaped you'll get fewer scars than i used to get with my face razor uh that's what i used to show my partner when i would uh take off my pants you want to know how i got these scars and then i would make my scrotum smile (laughs) My mother was a gambler. Uh, uh, anyway, Tommy, it was a, it was a mess. I, it was like using a lightsaber to wipe mm. my ass. Mm. But instead, Manscaper changed the grooming game with the perfect package. 3.0 inside the perfect package you'll find an electric trimmer which i use regularly uh the lawnmower 3.0 is a waterproof and skin safe trimmer which mm. reduces nicks i'm not gonna say eliminates them completely because one time i tried to test these <laughs> it's the limits yeah. and i mean they exist it's not like the limit like exists some sort of weird <laughs> thing yeah, yeah. This is the way, guys, to your smooth, smooth boys. Uh, It also includes the Crop Preserver uh, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant and Moisturizer, Mm. the Crop Reviver, uh, and I also have Anti-Chafing Performance Boxer Briefs in a Mm. very sharp black color. Uh, I honestly, I really do like that underwear. Sometimes I just wear it as shorts around the house because it's very comfortable. It's kind of like a thick fabric. It's very imperial, if you will. Uh, Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash Mandalorian. And for both these shoutouts, I'm going to remind people that Mandalorian with an A after the D. I know we call him Mando, mm. but Mandalorian, M-A-N-D-A-L-O-R-I-A-N. Mm. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash Mandalorian. May the force be with your balls. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Quick, it's time for our discussion questions. Yes. And then we're done with this bad boy. Woo, bring it home, okay, baby. You ready, Tommy? Yeah, you haven't seen get... these before, correct? No, let's get it on. Tommy. In 2003, you said that you were going to pay me back for the nachos we ordered. Yes. But you did not pay me back. Yes. Discuss. Well, Philip, those were nacho nachos to be paid back for. They were my nachos. Okay, never mind. If we're going to do puns, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Sorry, that was cheesy. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Let me just pepper in a few more jokes. (laughs) Chilly out, Philip. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Jalapeno supposed to know. That wasn't a pun. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, <laughs> don't, let don't, me, don't, let's don't, all just don't. chip in a little bit here, okay? Tostada. Okay, thanks, Tommy. Um, it's been fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to say, you, you, you lost me at the beginning, you won me back, and then you really just uh, murdered it. <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. We learned that. You can murder for good this time. Oh, sure. Speaking yes. of murdering for good, our discussion question number one those pirates. Yes. 
Do you think that they were actually the bad guys of this episode and did they deserve to die? Well, they seem to want to stop the Empire from getting, what is it, the Rybanium? They wanted to they wanted to stop them from get like the Empire from thriving with the shipment of that unstable element. However, their methods appear to be very extreme. So it's again kind of that like blurred lines, Robin Thick, baby. Uh, <laughs> what a terrible song. Uh, I don't know if they deserve to die. I don't think they were good guys because I mean they were using uh, explosives <laughs> to you know to kill people, but it definitely didn't feel like they were trying to help the empire so what do we say to people like that it's tough because like i part of me wonders if it was based off of there was this um a couple years back al-qaeda did something really similar where it was like a train that was carrying some sort of thing and they like detonated mm. stuff on the train so clearly like modeled after um kind of terrorist actions mm -hmm. but that said like the only people being hurt in that are imperial soldiers right and it is to stop a kind of evil empire and so you right. gotta like wonder Ugh, like maybe those are the equivalent of rebels they just don't happen to look like you know han right. solo so we're just like kill him spear him right they also made an effort to save each other's lives when the one loses its balance the other one reaches out to grab them if they were just like nihilistic killing machines they would he would the one would never have tried to save the other one you know what i mean like they they were actively trying to keep each other alive i feel like I could, we could argue that this episode's whole point was to teach us that it's all about perspective and and within that perspective like those guys probably weren't bad guys and we shouldn't have rooted for their deaths right and if we had just here's a great example if we had just turned on an episode of the mandalorian and never been no, no, didn't know the context we would have seen an empire badass fighter yeah. just killing some people that are trying to stop the empire and right. we would have probably been rooting for the other guys right discussion question number two what do you think is currently happening to little baby Gro grogu we didn't uh, see him at all he's just making tiktoks up in that ship right now like he's like doing little tiktok dances but he's making troopers behind him do the dances too with the force so he's just it's a lot of movements. Yeah, I saw him do like a an overhead like tea, how to make good tea, like yeah. TikTok. Yeah, he had like all this stuff laid out. It was pretty. It was pretty good, honestly. Yeah, um, I saw it on Twitter though, but whatever. So no, he's just like chilling. Like I'm. I actually was worried that we were gonna see some sort of like you know like him like tied up and like yeah i'll never tell you. He's like the yeah like Oscar Isaac but... in The Force Awakens, where he's like just like laying there getting neat prodded by droid needles or i was thinking of one of the james bond movies where they have that really weird torture device that's like weights on a swing and it yeah. hits his balls yes <laughs> it's like yeah it's like a weighted rope that, that he like swings under yeah that was awful yeah and so it's that with baby yoda but they have like a little like thimble with yeah. like some pebbles in it <laughs> on a little piece of floss <laughs> 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 I think he likes it. Uh, okay, so we have no idea what was happening, but I'm glad to see that. Yeah, I don't want to ever see him tortured, so I'm yeah. glad we didn't. Number three, what do you think of the face reveal moment? This is the big question of this episode, right? Like, what? What do? How do you feel about it? I uh, I thought it was a great moment. You know, I, I expected there to be a, a time when he would take his helmet off. I thought this was a great kind of exclamation point on Mando will do anything to save Grogu right like he will that his yes. his his real true code and his real true belief is to protect this kid at all costs and that this was the moment that even something that he wouldn't do normally like take his helmet off 
is something that he doesn't really hesitate when it really counts. You know, he just does it. Oh yeah, I totally agree that like the payoff of the concept is is awesome. Actually, it's like they built this up this so much, and now he's gotten to a point where for you know this little creature that means so much to him, it is worth the his tearing down his his values uh and i think that's cool i thought and i thought he did some great face acting you know like it was hard for him he looked very uncomfortable having his helmet off i believed that yeah. this that he was a person who did not like to have his helmet off like he looked like a fish out of water yeah almost. it's like when i uh i was in uh you know i grew up in miami and in florida and then i went to go visit chicago once and i felt like cold air touch my skin for the first time and i was like oh is this normal yes it right burns. exactly what is this it's a wind yeah. chill <laughs> philip it's a wind chill I love it. Uh, next discussion question. What do you think of him breaking his code? Is that, is is this a good thing? Or is the fact that he's now, like, he had this honor code, mm-hmm. he's breaking it. Is that actually him headed toward a dark path or a bad path? He, you know, I'm of two minds of this. On one hand, as a viewer, I get, and, you know, as a person, I'm a, a people pleaser. I get really frustrated when characters are unwilling to waver from their... Like, they're like, no, we do it this way. Stubborn characters on TV shows and movies drive me insane. The Seven in Game of Thrones, that whole entire plot line, I was like, these people are ridiculous and they can't be reasoned with. And I think, yeah, when you have a code, you tend to be unreasonable about anything that would go against it, you know. And and in real life, that Mm -hmm. stresses me out. People that live in black and white and don't accept any sort of gray area or that things can be complicated. So. I think in terms of character growth, it's a very good thing. It's going to allow him to, you know, have different working relationships with different people in this galaxy that'll be fun that he normally would not collaborate with. And he would be like, no, I'm not working with you. Uh, So, yeah, uh, for me, it's a good thing. Uh, The only thing that's bad is it's like the honor of being a Mandalorian or whatever. It's like that doesn't carry as much weight. You know what I mean? Like his kind of like steadfast yeah, but consistency. He, but. He's recently met Mandalorians though that are full of honor and don't do the helmet thing. So for, for you know, sure he's, he has been given almost a little bit of permission. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good thing too. It honors the, one of the biggest themes of star Wars, which is uh, the absolutes are a bad thing. Right. Right. Um, and that like, supreme yes supreme no is is not great so him going from a zealot to a believer is actually healthy growth yeah um yeah great and then our final discussion question i want to ask you is how on earth could mando have been sending a warning that he's coming for baby yoda been a good idea at the end like it was cool it's like oh like he did to him and it's threatening right but it's like oh he knows he got our coordinates to our ship he's able to send us messages and he's coming uh-huh. all right uh let's do all the baby yoda stuff we need to do right now because he's coming i actually thought that this was a really kind of cringy part of the episode his copying moff gideon's message and was like kind of snarky and weirdly tonally off of how the mandalorian has been which makes me think it's a misdirection that he's doing it on purpose and there's a reason why Mm. like there's a there's a we're gonna find out there's a deeper reason why he did it that way either another ally that we don't know about yet that we haven't met yet there's something that forced them to do it that way because it just doesn't to me it was a, a misshapen puzzle piece in that episode. It was like, wait, what? When did Mando get kind of snarky and like, you know, like I'm gonna show you? Like he's never yeah. been like that. So to me, it, it seems like maybe yeah. he's he's doing a rope a dope. I'm glad you came. You have that idea because that makes me feel better about it. The only thing that was a little weird for me was like, it was just a little bit of clunky writing just on that where he's like, you have something I want, yeah, and he means more to me than, and it was like. Mm-hmm. 
Well, he's treating like an object, and then a right. second later, like a, right. a son or whatever. Right. And also, like, he means more to me than you'll ever could ever imagine. It's like, oh, like a father and a son. I can kind of imagine that. It he was, was antagonizing. Cool, him. But yeah. yeah, right. But I hear what you're saying. It yeah. just to me it was when when that happens, I now trust this show that they'll pay it off in the next episode. You know, rather than me yeah, writing good to call, good writing call. to the people at Disney, I'll leave them alone. I'll leave the people at Disney alone this week. They sent you a cease and desist just because you're annoying them. They did. Speaking of getting uh, letters from uh, Disney, I won't uh, connect this too clearly. But one last reminder that you this is the uh, exclusive new rock stars this is the way shirt available uh at our new merch store along with a ton of other options at newrockstarsmerch.com also Ooh. a reminder that the little baby grogu shirt is also going away as soon as it sells out both of those things are going to sell out very very soon and they're definitely gone by the 20th uh that's it for this episode of wookie leaks follow me at philip molina follow tommy at tommy bechtold tommy it's really fun to do these with you um, and i'm really excited for the project that we can't tell people about yet that we're going to do together me too, Philip. Can't wait for a new year and a lot of new and fun and exciting things to work with you. Always a pleasure, my friend. Me always a pleasure. You always a pleasure. Subscribe <laughs> to New Rockstars to find out uh, that what that new project is going to be uh, on YouTube. Subscribe to Wookie Leaks wherever you get your podcasts. And leave us a nice rating and review, maybe. Eric, by the way, of course, is going to be back with his Easter egg breakdown. But also, he has so many videos coming out right now. Uh, send him some love on Twitter at EA Voss. Uh, we leave you with our favorite Grogu moment of the episode. Footage not found. <laughs> Great. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.